Welcome to The Word This Week, where we believe that the Bible is more than just words on a page. They are the words we live by, and it's pretty cool too. We invite you to join us as we read through the Bible together this year. Welcome back to The Word This Week. I'm your host, Brian Vaughn, and this is episode 44. Joining us today are Christy and Ryan Campbell, and my favorite thing about the conversation uh, that uh, you're getting ready to listen to is that the mercies of the Lord are new every morning, and He meets us in His Word, and that really encouraged me uh, today, and I hope it does you as well. Christy and Ryan, welcome. So glad you guys are joining us for this episode. Thanks, Thanks for having us. You both have been, have been with us uh, before, uh, and it's really exciting to have you have you back again because uh, not only your coworkers, but your friends. And so, and really uh, appreciate uh, your guys' perspective. And uh, I think we often view the world in similar ways. And so, I'm excited for our conversation today. Um, as, we, as we jump in, uh, Ryan, you and I had a conversation a day or two ago just about how. Um, it's amazing something that, that might be going on in your life at the time, and then you read scripture for that day, like not even looking for it, but the scripture you actually read that day, like totally applies to what was going on or what you were talking about. Um, so my question for you guys as we jump in is, is how have you seen God do that? Or how is that even possible that we're going through something or we're thinking about something and then the scripture that we happen to be reading that day uh, just applies amazingly well, like eerily well sometimes. Well, for us, that happens quite often. It seems like, I don't know, um, with five children, there's always an opportunity to um, be humbled <laughs> and um, looking for a nugget of wisdom Um the Word of God just always seems to bring that mm -hmm. and to minister to you when you seem like um, no human words can uh, bring peace. Um, it does that. And so just in our lives, as just the other morning, we were chatting and um, Christy was like, look, at she sent me a text and she was like, look at this. We were just talking about this, like, like how this is so true that um, 30 minutes ago, we were struggling and thinking about this particular situation. And look how God provides, mm. like just as a solution, just as a word of truth um, to remind us as our eyes are off of him. And it scripture just consistently points us back to him. Yeah, And so um, that's kind of broad, but specifically maybe Christy, you have something. Yeah, I mean, it to me, there is, I don't think there's one single thing in my life that has grown my faith more than when I have walked in a steady discipline of being in the Word, because mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. is uncanny how often that happens. I mean, the, the situation that Ryan was referring to, in full transparency, we were talking about some some needs, some financial things, and... You know, we've shared before, we spent eight years in West Africa, and that decision um, from a financial perspective was was not uh, profitable. Right. And, right. you know, even though we've been back almost four years, there are still things that, you know, we, I mean, we struggle sometimes just sure. to come to terms with the fact that 
if we had stayed in America and we had stayed on the same trajectory, mm. our portfolio would look would very look different. different. Yeah. <laughs> so we were talking about a specific need. And then that day, just the scripture that we were naturally in from uh, this, this, this reading, reading plan, right? it was full of all of these reminders not to worry. And uh, there was one particular thing that just stood out to me about how uh, – you know, it's more important, I can't find the exact words, but it's more important that we have a relationship with the Lord than that we have these earthly treasures. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just that reminder that we were pursuing the things that God led us to do, and we don't need to worry and fret because he's met and will continue to meet every need. But that was just the, the burden on our heart that day, and then the Lord just answered so clearly and so profoundly. And... um so he, like, and he just does it again and again. Yeah. Well, and it wasn't like a lesson we haven't been, you know, we haven't heard before. Right. But just in that moment, the Lord just emphasized, you know, <laughs> he stopped and sh- uh, the light shifted and we were once again just pointed back toward the truth of our certain situation. And honestly, it just once again reminds us of how personal the Lord is yeah. in our yeah, I, relationship I, with him. I actually found the exact words uh, because we've actually said to each other, like, was that foolish? Was that foolish to sell everything for pennies on the dollar and go one way and then sell everything for pennies on the dollar and yeah. go the other way? And they, these were the exact words. Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, mm-hmm. but not have a rich relationship with God. Yeah. And I mean, that was a resounding answer to yeah. the concerns. The very of, word you were saying. Yes. Because yes. it does on paper Not from a worldly sense. perspective. <laughs> we are but fools. Mm-hmm. And um, but what we gained uh, in our relationship with Christ and the amount of faith that we've been able to gain um, the testimony of our children the what we've seen God do in our lives that sometimes can be all put in to the side. But um, like I said, the Lord just uses his truth in scripture to remind us what is above all other things. Yeah. And it's funny how the world would view it in a very different way, right? Sure. Um, I uh, come across a book. I haven't read it yet, so... I can't speak for everything in it, but I'm going to. Uh, the The title of the of the book is uh, "Praying Like Monks and Living Like Fools." Mm. Wow! And uh, I heard the author. The author is Tyler State, and he's a pastor out in uh, Portland, which I really respect. And so, I would probably be able to recommend the book. Uh, but he was talking about kind of what that title meant, and uh, he, he was. He's in the book. He talks about his experience of prayer. I mean, even from uh, being a middle school boy on up into he's probably late thirties, early forties, and he talks about how prayer has become such a, I mean, like the major part of mm-hmm. his relationship and walk with the Lord, and in praying like monks, then in that relationship with Jesus, he then calls you to live like fools sometimes and fools from a worldly perspective, you know, Mm -hmm. that doesn't make sense. And so like, should we have sold everything and, and moved to West Africa? Well, that seems foolish. Right. Yeah. In the world's perspective, but 
in the kingdom of God. No, that's not. That's not food. That's that's storing up your treasures mm-hmm. where uh, moth and rust uh, right. won't destroy, right? Which Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, yeah. which is what we've read for sure uh, this week. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for sharing that, and then that's a very personal story. So thank you for sharing. Um, but we are reading through the Bible, and we are headlong into the Gospels. Uh, we've uh, read the Sermon on the Mount, which is classic Jesus teaching. Um, we've read some of the parables this week. Um, so I'm wondering what's jumped off the page to you guys as you've been reading. Well, f- for me. One of the major themes that I just saw throughout the whole week of reading was this idea of faith. Mm-hmm. And like faith is, that's everything. You know, yeah. I mean, when you look at the stories of Jesus healing, you know, the um, the centurion and, you know, the woman with the issue of blood. And he says again and again, your, you know, your faith has made you well. Jesus was amazed at the faith of the centurion. And then when he went to Nazareth, he was amazed at the unbelief mm-hmm. and he, the fact that he wasn't able to perform miracles because of their unbelief. So this concept of faith is so significant throughout when we look at this time of ministry. And Yeah. Thinking about that, what what would you say faith is? Oh, put uh, you on the spot. There. <laughs> I think, yeah, I'm I'm not a theologian, but I would say faith is, you know, choosing to trust in in something that we can't see, mm-hmm. and 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 choosing to believe that God knows, and uh, you know, he he has authority. I, you know, I think overall believing that what he says is true yeah, and putting our hope in that and that alone. Right. And uh, something that a couple of us, uh, uh, an idea that a couple of us have been walking through uh, recently and I'm really seeing it jump out as I'm reading through the gospels is this idea that faith, it's not really faith when it's still just thinking about it. Oh uh, Yeah. But it's faith when we put it into action. Mm. Absolutely. So, like he was amazed at the faith of the centurion. Well, we wouldn't have known about his faith if he hadn't put his faith into action mm-hmm. and saying, hey, Jesus, I believe you can heal my servant. You don't even have to be there. You can just say the word because you have this authority. Like I trust that. Like his faith was in in action right there. Absolutely. Uh, or the... Uh, uh, the woman who comes and anoints his feet with, with oil. I think he says, "Your, you know, your sins are forgiven. Your faith has made you has saved." It's that idea that our faith really isn't faith until we've put it into action. Absolutely. And uh, I just find that interesting. Yeah, it's kind of like that idea, you know, that you you're a perfect parent until you have children. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it's easy to believe, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, it's easy to believe it in theory. Yeah. But when we're walking things out and we have to have that, you know, put feet to that. Yeah. Yeah, that's you're right. That's really where we see our faith. Yeah. And a couple of those stories you mentioned, uh, there are two places where it says that Jesus was amazed at something mm-hmm. or he was in awe or wonder. Mm-hmm. And first it was the, the faith of the centurion, right? Yes. Um, and so that he was amazed at that. And 
that there were a lot of people that had issue with that because he was not an Israelite. He was a Roman and uh, they probably didn't like that. But then he was amazed when he was back in his hometown at their unbelief. So Jesus notices oh, yes. our belief or our unbelief. Ryan, was something for you that's jumped off? This page. is a little, nothing large at all. I'll just be a little simpleton here. But the fact in the story where it was talking about, just like what you were saying, where Jesus um, was rejected at Nazareth. And it says, the scroll of Isaiah, the prophet, was handed to him. Okay, just the scroll of Isaiah was just there, just handed to him. He unrolls the scroll and he mm. says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim to the captive, excuse me, the captives will be released. The blind will see, the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Um, and it is here, it also says, then he began to speak to them, the scriptures you've just uh, heard have been fulfilled, fulfilled yeah. this very right. day. Yeah. And um, the small, it's, it really is, uh, I mean, time stands still in that mm -hmm. moment. If you were in that crowd and realize what was happening it was life altering yeah. for those around them to be in his hometown, to be, to be rejected, but yet be about the father's business that it was being fulfilled just as the Lord, our God had mm -hmm. written it yeah. through his servant, his prophet Isaiah. And um, that is huge because all of these things, these acts just healing the sick, raising the dead, living where we lived in Africa. It was overwhelming at times. I mean, you could not go feet. If you walked down the street, you couldn't move just steps without being overwhelmed with the sickness that was just in your face. Leprosy. Yeah. Mm deafness, paralytic people. Mm. Here in America, we can, we can drive down the street, we can go for days and not see those types of things. Right. We may see homelessness, but, um, but Jesus, the one who had come to, be, to fulfill God's plan, was the one who was meeting these people's needs. Mm. And um, I, I don't know, that... that that just struck me as something, once again, like never before. That the scroll was just there of the of Isaiah, and he was going to stand and proclaim it, and reveal. He was showing the plan is coming to pass. Yeah, so. yeah. Because to me, it seems like Jesus was very purposeful in that. Mm. And the message, you know, what you quoted there from, uh, uh, from Luke four, which is a quotation of Math of Isaiah, Isaiah. sixty one, right. Um, there seemed to be intention to the fact that Jesus came to, I mean, Mitch is the poor, mm -hmm. the, the outcast, yeah. the, the, you know, the blind, the blind, the, yeah. And, and, and that was his ministry. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, absolutely. That was his ministry written by Isaiah 
prior to his arrival. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very purposeful. And yet at the same time, even though that was in their prophets, they were expecting a Messiah mm-hmm. that looked different than that. And even those f- folks, those people of uh, the priest and all those folks, they put them on the periphery of life. Mm-hmm. Whereas our Lord did not and does not do that. Yeah. He does not do that. He goes to those who are broken and who um, are struggling. That just, that once again, is another personal thing to me that yeah. how the Lord relates to everyone. Yeah, um, he, he broke those cultural norms. <laughs> for sure. Especially for someone, he was he set himself up. I mean, the fact that he was in the synagogue, in Luke 4, yep. he was in the synagogue in, in Nazareth, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think. And they already recognized him as a teacher. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they wouldn't have handed him the scroll to, to read, mm-hmm. right? And so he was already in those positions of respect right. or leadership, yet he did things that other rabbis, other teachers, other uh, leaders would not have done, touching the leper, right. spending time with the, the woman, the Samaritan woman at, right. the, at the well. For um, sure. He just, and it's another picture of, and even reading through the Sermon on the Mount, uh, this idea, and I think we mentioned in the podcast last week, actually, this upside down kingdom. Hmm. He didn't do things the way that everyone expected him to do it. Right. That's for sure. Yeah. Which then is a picture, Chrissy, as you were talking about earlier, like we're just naturally going to look different uh, when we walk the way of Jesus. Yeah. We're going to look like those fools. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, what are some other things that uh, are jumping out to you guys? Well, for me, one thing that stood out this time, and I've read the verse lots of times before, but this idea of, um, you know, what's in our hearts and in um, in Matthew 12 was the passage, uh, the way that it was worded in this translation, it said, for whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of a good heart. And this idea of a treasury, it just really jumped out at me this time. You know, a treasury is where you store valuable things, and so you go and you make deposits to that treasury, and then when you're ready to withdraw, what you've deposited is what you're going to be able to withdraw. And so this idea of... You know, being intentional about depositing what I want to have waiting, you know. So all of these disciplines that um, I I fight to push myself to have, you know, to be a person of prayer and walking in intimacy with Christ and, and habits that are going to help me be walking um, and looking more and more like Jesus— they they matter all the time, but especially when I need to make a withdrawal mm-hmm. of my, from my treasury, you know, what do I want to find waiting there? And so it was just encouragement to me to continue to lean in and to press on because, you know, sometimes, especially when things, when you're not being pressed on every side, you know, those things can almost seem kind of like, 
I don't want to say useless, but mm. I don't know, less, less uh, important or, yeah. you know. Uh, and so this idea of wanting to continually make deposits in that treasury, you know, yeah. almost like a rainy day fund. Not that that's my major motivation, but it was an encouragement. Yeah. Um, I have a, a small group of uh of guys of college students that I meet with every week and uh, uh, in our most recent time together um, one of the guys had wanted prayer for just consistency mm-hmm. and reading scripture and really struggling with with what that looked like and why was that desire not always there mm-hmm. uh, to do that and uh, I shared with him I I came to faith at an early age, you know, made a decision to follow Jesus. And, um, and that's always been a part of my life. And then even in young adulthood, walked into to ministry. And yet for a big majority of my life, that was always a struggle of that consistency to spend mm-hmm. that time every day with Jesus. And uh, I was sharing with them how there have been these moments in my life that are markers that really kind of flipped the page for me yes. in the sense of it came from, oh, this is something I know I should do to something that I can't live without. Mm-hmm. Yes. And one of those big ones for me, and I'm sure you guys can relate to this, was when we moved overseas and we were living in a culture that was uh, that was hard and you're in a place where uh, you're trying to learn language, you're trying to learn culture. And literally for me, I could not step out of the door in the morning <laughs> to enter into that world if I had not first spent time with Jesus, mm-hmm. allowed the word to, to, to reach into my heart, mm-hmm. to transform me. And it was those moments in that life of desperation that, um, that turned the page for me. Yes. And so from that time, now the exception is that I don't, spend time walking with him um, because I just see how and now I know now I need it now I crave it I needed that I needed that desperation yes rather than the good times <laughs> uh, to to fuel that desire I guess or to help me see my need for it absolutely and I think the more that I've walked with Christ, you know, maybe it's maturity growing mm-hmm. up in the faith sure, a little sure. bit. But, you know, in the early days of walking with Jesus, I think that, you know, I often turned to the word when I was pressed in. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, I we went through a season, I call it now my dark night of the soul, but, mm-hmm. you know, a really difficult season. And where it was just like you said, it was like the it really became my daily bread, you know, and now I just find that, uh, like you said, it's, it's just like, I feel like I'm walking with a limp when Mm -hmm. I get out of that discipline. And it's not, it's not something for me anymore that it's like, oh, I should do this, you know, or I know better, you know, I, it's, it's like you said, a, Need And I actually look back with such gratitude mm-hmm. that I walked through that season of, I think I could say suffering, mm-hmm. um, and came completely to the end of myself. Yeah. Because now, even when we are walking through times where we maybe aren't as desperate, I know how sweet it is 
Mm-hmm. And though I do still have moments of being forgetfulness, forgetful, or we might hit a busy patch where I'll go more than a day or two. It's not frequent, and it's I get such a check in my spirit, mm-hmm. such a weariness, yeah. and I recognize, yeah. hey, I know this, and I know the cure for it, and I want to come back to that place of intimacy with Christ because it it what started out as just a discipline has become such a source of life. Yes. And I think that pushing ourselves when we don't have the want to, God is gracious to bring us to a place where we do get the want mm-hmm. to and yeah. the have to. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, what would you say to someone who's listening that um, that struggles with that, that struggles with, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus, but I have a hard time making these things, these practices a part of my life. How would you encourage them? Well, I'd first say don't live in defeat. Mm-hmm. Don't consistently say I'm such a loser or, oh, you know, yeah. just, so man, good. I don't. I, I just can't, and I'm in just the the stress of or the weight of just not doing, but to strive, to strive that um, so it's not in the morning, it's not at night. What is it going to be? Is it going to be an audio? Is it going to be? There are so many ways that mm-hmm. you can find um, ways to spend time with the Lord. It doesn't have to look like uh, pulling your Bible out with the devotion and working through that. Um, it is spending time in the Word. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, but just not living in defeat and reminding yourself that um, there's an, there's another time. There, t- tomorrow's mercies are new. Yeah. Give yourself um, grace. But I think where you begin to get concern is when there is no desire. There's no desire as a follower of Jesus to to uh, be communing with him, spending time with him. Well, and I would say for me, a key to that was asking the Lord to give that for to sure. me. Like yeah. for relentlessly sure. praying. That desire. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, right. and he was faithful to do that. Like pray to. That's what someone challenged me to when I shared early on. Pray to. Pray that God will give you the desire. This is a horrible analogy, but how do you eat Brussels sprouts, you know? You know? You don't just go, today I want to eat some Brussels sprouts. Yummy. Or most people don't. Um, But it is a discipline. It is, you know, this is is good food for me. This is Mm -hmm. important. There are values to it. Um, And that's a horrible analogy. But I'm... (laughs) Let everyone know. (laughs) (laughs) Why would you read the word? It's better than Brussels sprouts. Right. right. But it, it is going... Like it, I, I, Lord, Lord, I know this is good for me, and mm-hmm. my heart is not keen toward it. And obviously, you have purpose in it. You've given me your word, your daily bread. Literally pouring yourself out to Him and saying, whatever it is that I need to have, the desire, please bring it to me. Yeah. But not to live in defeat right, of it, right. but to, um, but also on the flip side of that, not to live in legalism mm-hmm. in it sure. as well. You know, find the joy in the word. Yeah. And I would add to bring others, bring others into. Yeah. 
into that mm-hmm. and ask, hey, will you join me? Would you right. would you pray with me that that I would desire to desire God, right? That right. I would desire to to want to lean into him right. daily. Right. And I found for me, especially in the early days, finding a group of people that I was discussing the word with mm. yeah. when we were studying together so was a strong motivator. Yeah. Um, and it held me accountable. And now I don't necessarily always need that as much. But for the first decade where I was walking out this discipline, that was very significant. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And God, I think God truly designed us to live our faith oh, together. Absolutely. Right. Right. I mean, Transparency, you're saying asking somebody to par- partner yeah. with you in that. Well, even, um, and, You're not hiding anything from the Lord. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and, even our Savior, you know, in the way that this uh, text is designed, you know, the the beginning of this week, the title was like the big, great Galilean ministry or mm-hmm. whatever. And the first thing he did was bring people close. Yeah. You know, tw- he had the 12 and the three and he was walking with them yeah. and they were doing life together. That's and right. I think it's very much how we were designed. He is community. Mm-hmm. I, I think sometimes what causes people to not have this desire is because, first of all, maybe their translation that they're reading in mm-hmm. is hard for them to gain nuggets from. What yeah. What is it that I'm reading? Because they want to understand. You want to sit down and read the word and understand it. So maybe choosing a translation that's true to the text. Right. Um, in that. And so maybe that sometimes causes people fear or failure in not having this desire. Yeah. Um, so that's a very practical thing, but um, it's really important to to consistently strive toward success in it. Yeah. But knowing yeah. that you're going to fall off. Right. You are right. going to fall off, but get back up. And be willing to show the same kind of grace to yourself that God's going to show you. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Very absolutely. much so. Absolutely. Well, guys, thank you so much for your transparency, your wisdom, and uh, thanks for being a part of this conversation today. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having so us. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, we want to thank the River Community Church for sponsoring this podcast. And if you're in Cookville and looking for a church home, we'd love to invite you to come out and you can check out more about us at theriverCC.com. Thanks and join us next time on The Word This Week.